0: What's up, everybody? This is uh, the first edition of uh, Moto Therapy, a new podcast that uh, my friend Bo Winter and I have started. My name is Jason Cole, and I have been a motorcycle enthusiast for nearly all of my life. And along with Bo Winter, Bo, say hello. Hello. This is Bo. That's right. We're here to uh, talk about the things that basically we want to talk about involving the world of motorcycling be it what we're doing at home what we're doing on our track days and then what we see on the racing circuit you know in moto america moto and world superbike and moto gp um we're here to talk about all of it but that's why we call it moto therapy because i have a lot of things that i just need to get off my chest and uh, Bo agreed said he did too so here we are so Bo, welcome and uh Tell people about yourself. I know they're interested.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jason. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm Bo. I've been I've only been riding for uh, maybe five, five and a half years, something like that. But um, I, like Jason, I've been a lifelong motorcycle enthusiast. Always wanted to uh, to ride, and and was fortunate enough to be able to get into the world, and uh, jumped in feet first, and 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 here we are right now. you know a few track days in, and now I uh, stopped riding on the street just ride on track now, ride on track and dirt and trying to get into the the, uh, mini moto game. But uh, like Jason said, you know, we want to talk about everything in the, that we can in the world of motorcycling, where we want to go with our motorcycling careers and uh, what's going on in other people's motorcycling careers. And we live vicariously through them and and armchair quarterback, if you will.
0: So um, that's what we're best at. Let's be honest. I mean, the armchair quarterback, Is I have that down like that's my lane. I'm very good at that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I can make decisions with other people's money like you would not believe. I've seen Um, it. (laughs) 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 Well, so uh, you know, my background, like I said, I've been a motorcycle enthusiast and been riding since I was probably four years old, maybe even earlier. Um, And I took a little time off when I had my first child, and we moved, and there was a lot going on, and Um, I just was missing something in my life. So here we are back into it. And, you know, at this point in my life, I'm 45 years old. I don't have anything to to really strive for. I have no desire to race on my own. That's not a world that I want to get into. Um, But it doesn't matter if I'm going 25 miles an hour or 125 miles an hour, I'm having a good time on two wheels. So um, be it mini-moto, be it dirt biking, be it uh, track days, I'm all over it. I uh, also run a, a social media site called Track Day Dads that started last year. Uh, my friend Tyson and I started that for guys that were kind of like us that uh, had kids and still tried to find time to get out to the track. And, you know, hopefully we're, we're influencing some people to get out there and try it. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? We're trying to raise the awareness of this community we have here in the united states yeah i like
1: the video some of the videos you guys did um you know you did a lot of breakdowns after gp races and what you guys saw and, and it was good to engage in those kind of conversations and i think that's kind of an extension of what we want to do here you know we want to yeah. get the conversation started we want to talk about racing uh, abroad and gp here or a, a gp in here at home um, we want to talk about the the grassroots racing that we see as as well here at home and and getting the visibility of the sport out and really promoting it and getting people involved. Uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean that's that's what it takes, right? I mean in Europe and Asia and even down under, you know it, it is a it's a big sport. Motorsport in general has a huge following, and really here in the U.S. if you take NASCAR out of the equation, percentage wise, I think we're a lot less. So doing things like this where we can talk about it as normal people uh and try and just get people involved even if it's just watching races that's great because more people watching means more eyes means more money i'm in marketing so i know exactly what that does uh and you know there's some great great racing in and out there and uh in the motorcycle world it's exciting man there are races that aren't so exciting for first place, but even back at for tenth and eleventh place, you see some really crazy maneuvers. <laughs> just to say it, you know, and oh, yeah. and that's fun to watch as a spectator. That's why we do it. And these guys that are racing at that level aren't human, really. I mean, we see a lot of fast guys in our world at track days that are. We're like, wow, that is fast. But then you see a professional, and you think, mm, that's not human, you know. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to imagine going that fast like those guys do.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, at the Moto America level, not to take anything away from those guys at all, you know, because they're, they're still rockets on the bikes. But, you know, the, my first, I've never been to a lot of actual, I've never been to any GP race, um, and the highest level of racing I've been at has been Moto America, and I remember that going to that weekend at uh, Road Atlanta. And, you know, I've been to a couple Road Atlanta uh, track days uh, as a rider, uh, before then, but, you know, I'm only riding a novice and intermediate group, and, you know, you see the advanced group out there, you see those guys ripping around, and, they're, you know, you know like, wow, those guys, they're moving, and I won't forget the first rider that I was conscious of seeing coming through turn one, Motor America rider, was Max Flinders, and he was absolutely getting it up the, t- the hill through uh, turn one at Road Atlanta, and I thought, wow, this guy is a rocket ship, and he's you know normally not one of the front runners in the superbike class no, but he is no. still just so fast and, and moving and the talent yep. that the, the the talent that the uh the the united states has um in all of its racers and all of its classes and all of its racing you know even from where all the way up is just it's abundant it's got an abundance of talent and it needs that same abundance of of attention and funding and sponsorship levels and visibility to to make sure. it great and to really get it moving and get it rolling
0: well, I think one of the challenges here in the U.S. is we have a lot of things to take our attention away from motorcycling, right? Yeah. That's we, true. We have a lot of things, you know, our baseball and football and basketball, they take really, uh, they really take precedence here. And that's not true all over the world. I mean, even F1, which is insanely popular, in, especially in Asia, but also Europe, here it's it's not that popular. You don't hear that many people talking about it. As a matter of fact, when I see someone or meet someone that is into F1, I get excited because that's not normal. And, um, you know, same for motorcycle racing. You get out in the real world, you just realize how small the motorcycle community is versus the population of the United States. And the only way we're going to take our place back at the top of the MotoGP podium, like we used to in the early nineties, and then in two thousand six with Nikki Hayden, is is we got to raise the, the the visibility and the popularity of it here. And I think Moto America, for for all intents and purposes, has done a pretty good job in their first few years of operation. I mean, they changed yes. the way we ride. We had we had to start riding in the rain and, and conditions that weren't perfect to compete at the world level because they do and. A lot of the rules are based upon the way they do things abroad, so I think, I think we're on the right track, and we're getting some great riders coming across the pond to ride in that series. I mean, you know, it, it's Loris Baz that's yes. going to ride this so, year, and absolutely. that's a big deal. I mean, he's a he, he's an in-demand rider. I mean, he's been in World Superbike, he's been in MotoGP. Now he's not ever been the rider in either one of those, but to make it to that level, you're an out you're an unbelievable, outstanding rider. I mean, Absolutely. No, so I'm really excited to see what he does this year. Uh, and, and and I'm hoping that we can start to create a pipeline of American riders to compete on the world stage. We've seen them have some success. We saw it last year with Garrett Gerloff in World Superbike in his first year. He, he really did really well, and we're super happy for that. And then Joe Roberts came on and started to see some some real potential in that kid and this year he's with probably the best moto two team there is in that motor gp paddock so you know i with uh, cameron Bobier, the five-time moto america world champion over there in moto two now this we're really starting to have a presence and that's great because we haven't had that
1: absolutely that, that's 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 great points all around you know and even it was it was such a good a good thing to see Michael Dunlop coming over and racing the two hundred as well. Oh uh, yeah, that was this awful. guy Seeing him come over, you know, he didn't have the best weekend, but he had a lot of technical gremlins that he was fighting, and uh, he did really well. He mitigated that, and, and I think about mid race he was actually running the same times as uh, or very close to, uh, you know, Sean Dylan Kelly, the front runners, and mm-hmm. and Brandon Pash. You know, congratulations to him on the win, and that was a phenomenal just. From the pit stop to the end of the race, I don't know if you, if you got to watch that, Jason, but from the pit stop to the end of the last pit to the end of the race, Brandon Pash ran a phenomenal race and can't take anything away from either one of those guys. They both ran a, a, a great race, and it was just a last lap battle that, that turned out to, you know, Brandon won by a half a bike length.
0: Right, and as a spectator, those are exciting. There's Absolutely. something to watch. It's, it's must-see TV, especially if you like racing of any kind. It's TV. Now, are you saying his name correctly? Is it Posh or Pash? I couldn't tell you. I, 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 Perfect. I, I do Perfect. not So, to... So, Brandon, we're really sorry. Definitely apologize, uh, Brandon, if you listen to but, this. But I'm almost 100% sure that Bo was saying your name wrong, and, you know, I feel like you should probably just, you know, blame him for that. Um, I didn't do it. It's definitely Bo. But, uh, you know, I so... You know Brandon's going back overseas to ride this year, which surprised me a little bit. Um, I don't know what happened at the end of the year last year with the HSBK team with him, um, but he went to Kawasaki at the end of the year right. for two two races, I think. And I don't know what happened. I mean, listen, that that brings me to my next point is that we just don't get to see the politics. As casual fans you got to be there to see it and trust me I mean I'm watching uh, the formula one drive to survive right now the third season because that is riveting television to me number one it's it's about motorsport which I love secondly it talks about the team operation and you get a a kind of behind the scenes look and you just don't realize the politics that are involved when you're just sitting on the hill watching them go around or watching it on television it is, it is serious at that level and at all those levels, you know, even Moto America. I mean, we had that a couple years ago, was it the scuffle between Sean Dillon Kelly's camp and another camp where somebody threw a water bottle and I'm like... That was oh. the uh,
1: that was the infamous Hayden Gillum pass at yeah, uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park. That's right, you know? that's yeah. right,
0: yeah. And And so what I said at that time was, listen, if you want Americans to watch... Let that keep happening. Just look at NASCAR. <laughs> I think that was that was
1: actually a conversation that you and I had. I think a, a couple was. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, you don't want to see that, but at the same time, Americans will watch that. I mean, yeah. we look at the stuff we watch on television. We will watch a guy throw a water bottle at somebody. That is that's must see TV for us, right? So, yeah. Uh, but to that point, you know, Sean Dillon Kelly is being tapped by many as the next great one. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I know the kid's fast, and I know uh, he was very consistent last year uh, behind, uh, you know, uh, Richie, but Escalante. But you know, he he didn't win the title. But I I really feel like coming into this year, he's got to be right there as a favorite. Or you know, I mean, he, he everybody seems to think this kid is next level. So. I'm interested to see it, and then when he moves to the the big bikes, see how he does there. What are you? What are your thoughts?
1: Absolutely, I think he well he ran the uh, um, the uh, like a cameo appearance, if you will, at uh, Valencia. I think at the end of uh, 2019, wasn't he, he ran in Moto Two? Yep. On the seven six fives, and he did well. I think he ended up. He, I think I want to say he crashed out and didn't finish the race, but but during the race he was doing well for his first time. You know, at Valencia, first time throwing a leg over the bike. Um, he he was performing well, and um, I, I think that his plan is his kind of long term plan was to get there to get to the the MotoGP paddock. And um, I, I got to say, I mean, I, I for the sake of America, I would love to see him get there. You know, and, and to, to add another rider into that mix, yep. and uh, we really need. Um, and I don't want to say, I don't want to say we need another Nikki Hayden because there can never be another Nikki Hayden. No, you know, I mean, just that that. That man, you know, watching that Valencia race, I, you know, I get—I I was young and not really watching too much motorcycle racing at that time, but just watching the replays on MotoGP Classic, it—it—it uh, it, it can still bring a tear to your eye if you watch the whole thing through, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but speaking of GP, you know, we've got—we've got Qatar coming up this weekend.
0: We do. This it's is, about um, time. Absolutely. Oh, oh my goodness. So what's so, yeah, where where are you? Give me all right. First of all, let's start. Let's let's make this a little bit. Where are you, in terms of what you think is going to happen in the season? Like, what are your what are you looking for? What are the things you're most interested in?
1: You know, I I really want to see I, I want to see what Joanne Mears gonna gonna do as defending the title. I want to see what Fabio's gonna do in a factory Yamaha role. I want to see what Valentino's gonna do. In not a factory role, and I would love to see well, what uh, when we're going to see Mark Marquez again. But I, I'm also curious about Jack Miller right now. You know, Jack Miller stepping into that factory role. That, and, and I want to say, where the Primac bikes that he was on, it was a factory spec bike last year, correct?
0: Uh, that's how I understood it.
1: Yes. So I I wonder how the machinery is going to change a little bit, or if he's going to you know get more hands-on attention i guess is what i'll say from ducati since he's in that factory team and not not on a satellite team in, anymore um i think him and francesco Bagnaia really have a good a good thing going with ducati um they were you could almost see ducati kind of grooming both of those guys to get them in the factory team mm-hmm. um and that's what we saw come to fruition but uh but yeah those are kind of the talking points that i'm that i'm in i'm, I'm interested in right now you know what we've yep. We, we briefly saw what Fabio, I don't want to say briefly saw, we saw in 2019 Fabio was, you know, was really trying to take it to Marc Marquez. And then we saw Marquez's, you know, crash in Jerez last year. And it, it initially everyone thought Fabio was going to run away with the championship. Mm-hmm. And then we saw what really unfolded throughout the year. So, so, it's just so it's so hard to tell, you know, what what could happen, and making your predictions, and left, and this, and that, and and we're not going to see Marquez at Qatar, which I have to say I think is smart on his behalf, and not to rush it. You know, it's it's a long season, and and I think that he's still a threat.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, two races is no big deal, really, to me. I. I... So he is going to Qatar. I did see that that he will be there because I think he wants to race in week 2, the second race at Qatar, but my thing is this, I don't know why they would let him do that. Jumping on the bike too early is what caused this whole thing, and he didn't he didn't crash again and he hurt his arm anyway. And I think missing that race, the second Qatar race isn't a big deal. I just don't think it is. I think I don't I don't know why why they're so worried about it, you know, unless they're really, really worried about Suzuki and Yamaha this year, which to be quite honest, I did not see enough from Yamaha yet to think, oh, you know what? Uh, Yamaha is going to be good every week. I didn't see it. Not yet. And, and they may be, but they were so up and down last year that it's just, we're going to have to they're going to have to run a few races. Now, this track in particular in Qatar is very good for the Ducati. The big big long straight is where Ducati and Honda are going to have a little bit of an advantage, right? Cuz they right. have that top speed. Yep. Um, and then, you know, as we get into the European tracks, you would expect Yamaha and their corner speed to be closer. But <clears throat> you just have to figure it out. We'll just have to see.
1: Right. And so the problem with that, you know, with Yamaha's being able to run that corner speed is they also, in right. order to do that, they have to get out front. You know, they, right. they've, they've got yep. to run their own lines. They've got to be able to hit their own markers and not worry about traffic in front of them. So if they get caught up behind anyone that doesn't have the same corner speed like a Honda or a Ducati that doesn't turn quite as well, then they're not going to be able to run the quite the same pace or the same style that they have to or that they that they can uh, to where that they can exploit the bike's strengths
0: right um, well this is this is where the, the armchair quarterbacking comes in yep how do you as an engineer say okay my most important thing in terms of performance of our motorcycle is on the edge of the tire carrying the corner speed is where we want to be the best but we can only do it like you said if we're out front and you're not fast enough you don't have a strong enough engine to start and jump out front they can't run straight down the line. They cannot outrun Ducati or Honda or Suzuki or Apriya or KTM. They can't outrun anybody in a drag race. Nope. So that, that thought process just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I, I know that they know more than I do, but I get frustrated with Yamaha because they have... Uh, more resources at their fingertips, but they just aren't using them, and that's a problem to me. Right.
1: I um, mean, you have you you've got Valentino Rossi who's been screaming since well how how many years ago? You know the bike three, needs more he's, power. At least
0: three years. At least three years.
1: Yeah. And, and you know the bike needs more power. It, it's got a it's got needs more speed. It, and but but they're they're not they're unwavering in that corner speed ideology. And then. You have another to to look at the other side. You have a manufacturer like Suzuki. Mm -hmm. They've built a very complete package. Excuse Mm -hmm. me, in that bike, and and it's not the fastest in a corner. It's not the fastest in a straight line, but goodness, it it manages tires well. It has great corner speed still. It's got pretty decent off the line, uh, pretty decent off the line speed and acceleration. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: you've got two riders that that are amazing riders that are exploiting those benefits
0: that's right well and and so this is this is the big story for me you know the return of marquez let's see what he is we all expect him to go back to being the marquez of old but until we see it we don't know right um uh the return of marquez jack miller for me is also very interesting i want to see what he can do with factory support and um you know on a factory ride with all that comes with that the pressure that comes with that as well um, and then finally I really want to see um, what Fabio has learned from last year because there's no doubt that that kid is flat out fast there's no doubt but my goodness how do you do how do you win a race And then finish twelfth, the fourteenth for three races. How do you do that? And and no crash, no incident, no nothing. So a little bit of this comes down to the Yamaha, I think. And they just they some of the tracks they couldn't figure out. Um, And you know what is that? What what kind of engineering issues were they having? So you know we'd have to see. But those are the three things I'm looking for. I'm super excited for racing to start back up. I am. Spending way too much money because I'm bored and have nothing to do uh, so you know I'm, I'm super excited um, and I, I think that this year is gonna be you know a great a great great year I'm excited for us to get a little bit of normal we're starting on time we're gonna have you know races normally the only thing that I was disappointed in this year was that they canceled or postponed the circuit of the Americas right um anyway so it's uh that, that's what i'm looking for and, and and all this is is great i think is and we really just need to figure out you know what um what americans are going to do in moto 2 and can we get another american on the grid in moto gp um you know joe roberts turned the seated apriya down which i think is a good move yeah yeah i i, I didn't i don't until Priya approves it you can't believe in it, right? You just can't. Um, you know, I think
1: they've got one of the best people that they could have gotten um, to join their team recently in Andrea Devito. So, I mean, I'm I'm not as a, a test writer, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that they're they're leaving it open to the possibility of him po- uh, of returning to the grid. I'm not sure the way that the article that I read um, seemed that there may be an option on the table down the road, right? Um, mm-hmm. If he wants it, which I mean, you don't want to deny uh, an Andrea, you know, someone like Andrea Devito. So, a spot on the grid if he wants to race, um, especially if he's bringing you good feedback to your your team and your squad and your your program that you're trying to build. And we saw what happened. You know, Danny Pedrosa got hired on as a test rider with uh, with KTM, and I don't want to say it was all Danny Pedrosa that got the got the program turned around, but I would imagine that his influence and his say really complemented what Polis Barbro was adding to them and giving them, and it helped to shape what that team became last year. And we saw that they really emerged as uh, as a threat.
0: Oh, for sure. I, I I don't doubt that at all. I Danny Pedrosa was a phenomenal writer who had the worst luck. I, 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 I couldn't help but just shake my head for poor Danny Pedrosa all the time. Like, I, I couldn't. You just can't make it up. I mean, this guy got hit. More times than anybody that I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. and he was just so small that if he crashed, it usually ended poorly with some sort of injury. And uh, you know, he was a great talent, but as a test rider, I think he's been invaluable. I think Davizioso can do the same thing. To your point, Um, their experience, and you know, Davizioso helped develop the Ducati to get it where it is. Mm -hmm. It was not competitive when he got there. It was he got there right as Casey Stoner was bolting to Honda. Um, and, you know, Stoner told them, this bike is garbage. And they, in typical uh, Ducati fashion, said, no, it's not. It's you. Oh, okay. So, you know, and then he left and won a world championship. So that's the best thing you could do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but I, I, I really, um, I'm excited. Listen, I'm 45. Rossi is my guy, so everyone here that's not a Rossi fan, sorry. Um, I think he's earned the right to ride as long as he wants to, regardless of how competitive he may be to win the world title. Um, You can walk into any MotoGP race, and I've been to a lot of them, the number of people wearing Rossi jerseys and Rossi clothing is 10 to 1 to the second place guy. It's crazy. And that's going to continue
1: for how many years? you know oh, it, I mean, forever it's a legacy I mean, he is he he's, he's a staple he's been through how many iterations of, of the sport you know the 500cc mm-hmm. he's been through the the the, the initial four stroke uh, MotoGP era and then into the modern tech area that we're mm-hmm. uh, uh, time frame that we're seeing now that's and this right. man has adapted to just about everything and yep. he is still you know not still a, top 10 yeah and he's there he, you know, I want to say he's not a front runner but he's He can be, I think. I think he's Mm -hmm. still got – he's got some life left in him and and phenomenal rider. And I think that, you know, back to the Yamaha, I think that Yamaha maybe should have given him a little bit more consideration in what he was asking for in the development of the bike.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think they had decided to move on and they weren't listening and they didn't really think he had it. And that's okay. You know, whatever you think. But I think he'll stay around the paddock even after he stops riding. And I think he'll have a VR Forty Six team in MotoGP um, because I think he money will follow him. The sponsorship money will follow his influence. I mean, his brand at VR Forty Six is is nothing is unlike anybody else's. I mean, he he's the only guy in the paddock that controls all his merchandising, and that's just that's good business. But also, he built that brand right. Yes, he built absolutely. it, and you have to give him credit for that. Um, Real quick, tell me what you expect from Paul Espargaro this year on the Honda.
1: You know, I saw a few things from Paul last year that really that, that made me not a huge fan, uh, not to take anything away from his talent. Um, but uh, I hope that Paul does well. Um I think that if Pol does well, it may vindicate him a little bit from some of the frustrations that he was uh, seeing at KTM. But I did notice, I did see an article that he had expressed that the KTM and the Honda were very different in terms mm-hmm. of how to, how to ride the bike. So that that kind of that told me a little bit as well um, because I think the I think last year he was talking about the bikes being somewhat similar, and you know now he gets on the Honda and is riding, and now it's it's a different ball game. So I think that uh, you know that, that piece of information I think is is interesting to look at, but I hope that he adapts to it. I hope that he can be a good teammate to Mark Marquez uh, when Marquez returns to, to full time racing. Um, I don't want to see a huge rivalry develop between the two, um, simply because too bad, of, uh, yeah. too bad,
0: <laughs> no, no chance, no chance. Because when Mark comes back, if Mark wins. And pole isn't winning. You saw what happens when poles unhappy. Absolutely, you saw it. And and Absolutely. not and again, poles a poles a phenomenal motorcycle pilot. I mean, he <laughs> is phenomenal. But his that that his actions in Austria were just that to you to my point too. I would have been bitterly disappointed. So I don't want to bang him too bad, but right, you, you have to do better than that. And, and then he saw the red mist and was just writing. He was ragged is all I, is the best way I can describe it without being like insulting. It was ragged. ragged was all over the place.
1: No, I absolutely agree. And that's kind of, that's, that's a little where I was going to, I think, uh, you know, I would even written an article about the, uh, about controlling you know that emotion on the bike mm-hmm. you know whenever we're at that level you know and obviously I'm not at that level but we saw what happened you know he and uh, he and oliveira came together and and then in much the same fashion um, he and Zarco came together at, at Bruno it, you know uh, pole had gone wide in a couple of consecutive turns because he was mm-hmm. he was pushing over the limit mm-hmm. to get to catch up to his teammate Brad binder Right. And, um, it, you know, the, it's the, the, you get into the, the the nuances of the sport and the politics of the sport, like you talked about earlier, looking at, you know, well, he should have seen this, he should have done this, as far as Zarco's concerned. And, and you know, maybe Zarco could have given him a little bit more space. Zarco's leaned over to the right. He's not looking at what's going on the, on the other side of the bike. But at the same time, you have to consider what these guys are doing. It's their job, and they have been racing for how long? And when they see a gap, they're going to go for that gap.
0: Yeah, I, that's what they're supposed to do. And that's that's who they are. And we can't fault them for that. However, we all know Zarko needs to calm down. I like agree. Zarko, Zarko's had too many incidents to say, you know, that's just racing and that's just bad luck. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's had too many. Now, um, have all riders at all levels made some mistakes yeah it just seems like there's a common theme with zarko in that he's over the limit a little too often um and i think i think part of that is just when you're on a satellite bike and you have a shot you're like screw it let's do it i don't get chances like this very often i'm doing it but at the same time there's no denying the guy's talent i mean he was a back-to-back world champion on moto 2 mm mm-hmm. Um so for sure he's got some talent. So I, I don't wanna I, I feel a little bit like him like I do about pole. I'm still the jury's still out because I do think somebody needs to hand him a bottle of calm down from time to time. But I think for these guys that line is always really thin going over, you know, and, and they wouldn't so, be
1: the best in the world if it wasn't.
0: That's right, that's right. So you know, for you and I, we don't we don't ever need to tow that line. We don't need to be doing stoppies into turn one. That's not who we are. Um, um, we don't we don't need to be pushing on the outlap at thirty thousand miles per hour. Um, you know, that's not who we are. So, you know, those are lessons for us. But these guys, that's kind of how they have to be to be who they are. Um, you know, it's, it's I just, absolutely I agree. It's just, it's just pretty, you know, I, I think it's so funny that we're both on, you know, two wheeled vehicles, but our experiences are so different from person to person. And then from the amateur track day guy to the professional motorcycle racers competing on the world stage. I, I just think the approach is so different, you know, and I find that interesting that, uh, you know, when I watch them and watch them prepare. How some of them make it look easy. And then for some of them, you can tell it is work. Yeah. It's just absolutely. like, you can see it on their face when they take their helmet off in the pit. You From the moment they walk in and get on that bike, it's work. And it is their job, so that's fine. But some of them, the great ones, make it look different than that. Uh, Marquez does. Rossi did. Um, Stoner. He He was always a little more serious, but my gosh he was good like his his bike control was something special and amazing to watch in person um so you know i i think for you and me this year is going to be great for all MotoGP fans i think we're just glad to have it back um and some semblance of normal is going to be good and hopefully we're at the end of this we can see the light at the end of the tunnel for this pandemic um because I'm pretty much over it at this point. I'm going to be 100% honest. And, um, I agree. And I, I, Listen, please, no one that listens to this, I don't think it's fake. I don't think it's dumb. I just think my mental space has had enough. Hearing about it, reading about it, and uh, I feel like I'm ready to get into the things that I want. It's spring, and when it's spring, I'm getting back on the motorcycle. I'm watching racing every weekend, and this is the best time in my life. So... I'm living my best life at this point, so I'm I'm just excited for it to all go down. How are you feeling? I'm
1: right there with you. Uh, I'm ready to get back on the bike. I'm ready to, to turn laps on the track. I'm, I'm definitely ready to start watching GP racing again. Uh, I'm ready to, to just dive into this you know, just because it's something we love so much. and uh, You know, all motorsports. You know, you know, I've started watching the IMSA championships a lot more here uh, mm-hmm. in America, and, and um, it's just... It's that that hot-blooded American racing competition, you know, mindset that we all have. And if we're not competing with one another, we're competing with ourselves. You know, that's that's kind of what track days are about. we're we're, te- we're mm-hmm. stepping into another realm of our skill and trying to push ourselves a little bit further to get better and <clears throat> excuse me, and to hone our craft and to get better. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm 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 watching the temperature starting to go up outside and mm-hmm. got the bike ready and and yeah.
0: I'm ready I to just, go. Yep. I just did it today. I, it was nice outside, so I I thought, you know what? It's time to get her ready. So I got the fairings off and washed them and even took all the tar off of them. I mean, these things are clean. They, I, I, I use the air hose like they do in the MotoGP paddock to That's dry fancy. them off. It's professional level stuff. Listen, it it was serious out here. It was pit crew worthy. And so if if any MotoGP team is looking for a guy to wash some fairings, I'm your dude because these things are sparkling. Um, But I I think, you know, Bo, I think one of the things that we call this MotoTherapy, and that's because we want to talk about this stuff, and I don't know. Well, your wife is into it. My wife is not. So I don't have anyone to talk about it with. So i get all this stuff in my mind and then it just gets dumped on whoever sits beside me at the track day (laughs) it's just like i get i can't handle it so this will be great um and hopefully we can have some interesting content we'll keep developing this uh and we'll try to do this at least once a week that's our plan right
1: absolutely we've got the race weekend coming up this week so i figured you know probably next weekend we're going to sit down we're going to peel all peel the layers of the onion back and, and armchair quarterback all over again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, you know, I think this is enough. We we've, we've run out of time today, but I just want to tell everybody that was listening, if you haven't been to the track and you're thinking about it, come on out. You'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised at how cool the community is and how helpful the community is. And I think Bo will agree that's one of the reasons we do what we do. We love the bikes, but it's the community that keeps us coming back.
1: I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I'll uh, I'll close with uh, that that I'll close on that comment just to add a little bit. I saw a uh, a thread on social media where people were asking to uh, post their favorite picture from the 2020 season, and uh, Jason, there was a picture that um, I w- we'll probably want to. I can say I can probably say it's one of your favorite coaches too. Jamie Sterace had taken while we were all sitting at a writers' meeting. There was uh, um, you, me, uh, Jason. Wilson, my wife, and then Alex was sitting behind us. You know, all of our friends, were. we were all sitting in our group together watching uh, during the writers' meeting, and that was one of my favorite pictures from the the track. It didn't have everyone in it, but the idea was there. So that's what it's really all about.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, hey, man, I enjoyed this uh, 30, 35 minutes, whatever we did. And uh, until next time, everybody, uh, keep the rubber side down and uh, stay safe out there, and hopefully we'll see you at the track. Good night. Have a good one, everyone.